You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We have come to day two of the end of the Sacramento Kings season being over. No playoff basketball tonight. No basketball in general tonight. And I don't know what to do with myself. What is this? This offseason bug already got us uh, biting us here on Locked On Kings, but we are excited to continue in what I believe will be one of the biggest offseasons in the history of the Sacramento Kings and hope that you can join us for this entire offseason. If you're not familiar with what the Locked On Kings podcast is, every single weekday you can count on primetime quality content, commentary, interviews, topics, all of that right here for you on the Locked On Kings podcast. And here's the coolest part about this podcast. This is not just a, a place where you sit down, you listen to me or my partner, Charles T. Hamilton, or whoever we have on here. You don't just listen, then turn us off and move on with your life. You are a part of this show. And what I mean by that is you have any comments that you want to uh, share, any questions that you want to ask, any uh, takes that you have on anything that has to do with the Sacramento Kings or the NBA in general. Bring those to the table at Matt George KHDK on Twitter, or you can uh, email me mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. That are those are the best two ways to get in touch with me. I'd love to have conversations with you about the Kings, about the NBA, about the playoffs. You want to talk playoffs? anything like that, bring those to the table and they will become a part of the show. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. What this network is, is first off, NBA specifically, every single NBA team has a Locked On Podcast. And I encourage you, even if you're just a Kings fan and could care less about the other teams in the league, every once in a while, it is fun, whether it's before a matchup or before the draft or whatever it may be, it's fun to go and get perspective of outside teams, not just their perspective on themselves, but their perspective about the Sacramento Kings. I had the opportunity this uh, over the last couple of seasons to work uh, stats, doing stats with uh, opposing, uh, opponent radio broadcast teams that would come into the Golden 1 Center for games. And I loved it more. And don't get me wrong, I love working with the Kings broadcast team. I love the G-Man Gary Gerald. I love uh, Jason Ross, Deuce Mason, all of them. But... I love it more working with opponents because you get to sit there and you get to hear not just their perspective on their team and where their team is at, but you get to hear their perspective on the Sacramento Kings. And whether it's right, wrong, it doesn't matter. You learn a lot and you get a better understanding of your team's perception and the game of basketball. I encourage you check it out. There's so many great podcasts here on the Locked On Podcast Network. If you're not too into the team-specific thing, but you would like to hear more Locked On NBA content, check out the Locked On NBA podcast. They're going to be diving head first into the playoffs. They already are with these crazy matchups that begin uh, tomorrow. As the draft approaches, they're going to go heavy on that. Free or, uh, yeah, free agency, they're going to be heavy on that. Summer League, heavy on that. Draft Lottery, heavy on that. There is just so much to look forward to and to pay attention to if you are a NBA basketball fan on the Locked On NBA podcast. If you're a football fan, there's Locked On NFL. If you're a baseball fan, there's Locked On MLB. This podcast network is the one for you if you call yourself a sports fan. My name is Matt George. I am a producer. I am a show host. I am an on-air talent, and I am also a uh, writer and journalist for KHDK.com. That is the website for the radio station Sports 1140 KHDK, which is the flagship radio station of the Sacramento Kings right here in Sacramento, California. I have the privilege of working with a lot of big names that you may recognize, one of which is going to be on this podcast with me today. That is Grant Napier. He is the TV play-by-play voice of the 
the Sacramento Kings. Also has a show with Doug Christie, who we had on yesterday in the afternoons on KHDK from 3 to 7. You've heard Jason Ross, the former host of this podcast. He is on the Midday Show, also the program director here. Damian Barling will join me at times. Carmichael Dave, he was on with me a couple weeks ago. He hosts the morning show. This flagship radio station is right in the heart of King's Country, and we will promise you great content at all times, and it's only going to pick up and get faster and crazier people because this NBA offseason is going to be nuts and it's going to be crucial for the future of your Sacramento Kings. We're going to dive headfirst into everything about that next week, beginning with player uh, profiles, recaps of the season. Myself, Charles T. Hamilton are going to be together to break all of those down. I also have highlights that I want to play for you, some of my favorite moments throughout this great season of Kings basketball. Yes, I say it's great because I enjoyed a lot of moments about this season, and I I tend to be an optimist. I have an optimistic attitude approaching this offseason. There are a lot of things about this season that made me smile, and I enjoyed especially having the privilege of being able to go in the locker rooms and interact with these players and this coaching staff during practices or after games or before games. This locker room was a tight-knit bunch. They were phenomenal to work with. It was a lot of fun uh, to be around them. Yes, nice guys don't always win games, and ultimately the Kings won only 27 games this season, but you can see the foundation being built for the Kings to try and vault their way back into the playoff picture. feels like we've been saying that forever. I know any pessimist who's listened to this thinking I'm just uh, uh, spewing some uh, happy garbage. I apologize you feel that way. Hopefully the Kings Kings uh, can turn it around because ultimately that's what we all want. And I've been dealing with and reading a lot of stuff on Twitter. I've never seen the Sacramento Kings fan base more divided uh, than I have this season. Half of them wanting the Kings to lose and tank to try and get the best pick and half of them being more on my side, uh, which is getting wins when you can, focusing on the players that are here now, trying to develop them now uh, and let the the future play out however it's going to play out because you can't really control that because it's ultimately a game of lottery percentages uh, as it is. So we can go back and forth on that. I'm sure we will up until uh, the draft lottery. We'll talk more about that in the near future. That's not what today's show is about. I mentioned the play-by-play voice, Grant Napier of the Sacramento Kings. He joined me. He talked about uh, his colleague, Jerry Reynolds, who announced his retirement after working together for 20 years. And then he talked about the importance of uh, this offseason. Here's my conversation with Grant Napier. Well, we have come to the end of another season of Sacramento Kings basketball, the 30th season for my guest here now, the TV play-by-play voice of the Sacramento Kings, Mr. Grant Napier joining me. We had Doug Christie yesterday. Grant joining me today. Grant, thank you first off so much for taking the time, and congratulations on 30 seasons of uh, Kings basketball. It's pretty amazing, Matt. I uh, Time's flown by. I, it's, it's hard to believe it's been that long. You know, I'm sure you've been asked a, a million times about this because we're all planning for the, the season just to end as, as it normally does, but then Jerry does the most Jerry move possible and waits to the last day to uh, to announce his retirement, and I know how much he has meant to you, how much you guys have grown working, uh, working together. Uh, can you just say a little bit about Jerry's legacy and how really – the night against the Rockets was the perfect way to, uh, to send him out. It was. You know, the one thing about Jerry, he didn't want to be a distraction to the team, and he didn't want it to be a circus all year. And so that's why he waited until the last game uh, to announce his intentions moving forward. And that's just the way he is. You know, he's just he's, – he's always uh, thinking about others instead of himself. Uh, the scene at the final game – against the Rockets was unbelievable. I just thought it was so fitting the way they did it. I thought the video tribute that they put up on the big screen was uh, amazing. And then to see everyone rise as one and give him just an incredible 
uh, standing ovation was uh, something. Um, a lot of fans don't know this, but the officials throughout the game came up and uh, gave Jerry uh, the thumbs up and thanked him for everything that he's done uh, towards the end of the game. Mike D'Antoni walked over and uh, said good luck to Jerry and thank you, and the players did that. Yep. I mean, it was just an incredible, credible night. Yeah, I was able to record and capture the entire thing from the crowd's perspective up in the media area, and you can go and watch that right now on uh, on KHDK.com if you would like. Uh, but it has the just a full view of the crowd's reaction. First off, no one's surprised that the un- crowd unanimously stood up. That's just who Jerry was. If you don't like Jerry, something's really wrong with you. No is, question. Is most likely uh, the case. But it was cool to watch, and watching it two, three times, I started looking at different areas and looking at the players who – then went to the far side of the floor to get ready to inbound the ball, stopping and recognizing the moment that it was in all of them, including the the Rockets, uh, taking their time to pay homage to to Jerry. It just shows how important his role was, and he would never say it yeah. himself. Uh, but what he does, what you do, and what broadcasting has done for the game of basketball, and Jerry being a big part of that, is uh, essential for the game today. You know, it's interesting you just said that. I was not even aware that the players held up the game a little bit because I was, you know, watching the video tribute and then – I wanted Jerry to be on center stage. I kind of actually moved to the left a little bit to give him his space. And I I really, as I sit here and talk to you now, I can't even tell you how long the ovation went on, nor as I talk to you now was I even aware of the fact that the players did that. That's awesome to hear. That is just unbelievably classy uh, for them to realize the moment and to you know allow it to uh, go on. But... I mean, I put out on Twitter before the game, Jerry Reynolds is the Sacramento Kings, and Jerry Reynolds will always be the Sacramento Kings. There's not another person that I think is more identifiable with the Sacramento Kings franchise than Jerry Reynolds. And, you know, just to to continue on that and to carry on that, I'm getting emotional just thinking about it because it was such an emotional and powerful moment uh, for Jerry. But what everybody loves about Jerry is the passion that he has for the game of basketball and how much he loves just to talk about the game more so than uh, in this industry, it seems like all personality-wise or my name first before the game itself. And that's just not who Jerry was. And uh, you can see that in how he's passed on his roles and tried to help Doug, who's now going to be taking over this role uh can you speak a little bit first off of how jerry has helped groom doug and get him ready for this and then your excitement level to be able to work with doug in this capacity jerry's just all about others um jerry would help out anybody i mean and he has helped out doug i think that you know in doug's to doug's credit he approached jerry and asked him you know for some advice and some tips and jerry would help out doug as if he were helping out his own son Uh, As far as Doug goes, I've been doing this a long time. He's as prepared as anybody I've ever worked with, both on my radio show and for the games. He's a real student of broadcasting. He understands that he – I'll say this. Let me me back up. There's no entitlement with Doug. There's no like, well, gee, I was a a big-time NBA player, so there's none of that. Mm -hmm. He comes in with zero entitlement. I respect him so much for that. He understands that he's a rookie. In broadcasting, he has worked unbelievably hard to even get to this point, and he wants to be great at it. And I love his work ethic. I love the fact that he comes in understanding that he's the low man on the totem pole, that he relishes it, accepts it, and I think that he uses that. He understands how difficult of a position he's moving into in terms of being compared to Jerry because it's natural, and yet he relishes that because he knows he'll never be Jerry Reynolds but he also wants to 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 kind of form the the Doug Christie era yeah. 
And I know that Doug wants to, you know, be in a position 20, 25 years from now where he's getting a standing ovation as he retires. So it's a it's a neat thing to see happen. It really is. Well, and that just speaks to who he was as a player yeah. as well, playing with that, that gritty attitude yep. and back against the wall every single night, which what made him a fan favorite here in Sacramento no as question. a player. And he could be taking over really right at the right time. He and I were talking about it. He said it himself. He thinks this could be one of the most important summers in the history mm-hmm. of this franchise with how much is going on. Uh, your thoughts really on, on the Kings going into this summer. To me, I'm most excited to see. I made mental notes last night thinking, okay, when at the start of the season, first game against the Rockets to the end of the season, which players had made improvements? You could point to Buddy Heald on really both ends of the floor. De'Aaron Fox just running an offense from the start of the season uh, to then that game against the Rockets. Uh, I'm excited to see from that final night to opening night in October what changes and, and how much improvement there has been. Uh, what are you looking forward to or f- at really this summer for these guys? Uh, just continued growth. Uh, this is the best I've thought about the Kings in well over 10 years. Like, I, I actually feel like I can't wait for next fall already, and I've never really said that after a season. I'm really excited about the future of this franchise. I think that the Kings have some really cornerstone pieces on their team right now. Mm -hmm. So what do I want to see this summer? I mean, I think if you're asking me in specifics, I think they need a starting small forward. You know, I think Justin's more of a role guy coming off the bench. Uh, To me, Buddy Heald was the most improved player on the team. I think at the end of the season, you can make an argument that he was playing better than anyone else on the team. I'm not saying he's the best player on the team, but you could make that argument. I think that he probably has elevated himself to one of the best players on the team. I think the Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald, Bogdan Bogdanovich, that's a really nice trio to build your future on. I'm really excited to see Harry Giles in the summer league. Uh, I, I just I like where this team is heading. There, there, this is a big summer. I, you know, I, in all fairness to Doug, I don't know if I would call it the biggest summer in Sacramento Kings history, but I would just say that every summer when you're a non-playoff team is important because you have to make strides that help you become a playoff team. So for that reason, it is a big summer. But you know what? It's no bigger than last summer when the Kings had all the draft picks and mm-hmm. everything else. So it's a big summer. The Kings have a lot of steps they need to take, but I like where they're going. Yeah, and last summer and, and this last season have been the young pieces getting used to playing with, with one another and getting comfortable with one another. We're now past that point to now you want to see them grow together and take that next uh, next step. Is that really what the summer is about? And what next steps are you looking for, maybe specifically for a couple players? Um, well, in a vague way, when you talk to me at the end of next year, we better, without any ifs, ands, or buts about it, the narrative needs to be, boy, boy, what a what a great year for the Kings in terms of improvement. Mm-hmm. And I can see how close they are now to being that playoff team. If 12 months from now we're not having that conversation, then something's wrong, okay? So that that's first and foremost. Um, it is about growth. Listen, I think sometimes people don't want to acknowledge how young some of the key pieces. De'Aaron Fox just turned 20 in December. Right. All right, so what does that mean? Well, to me, it means that he's probably not going to reach his prime for another four years, but not next season, but the year after. To me, De'Aaron's got to be be capable of taking this team to the playoffs. This team's success, in my opinion, rides solely on the shoulders of De'Aaron Fox because of the position he plays. It's the same as an NFL with a quarterback. You draft a quarterback high, if he's the real deal, you're going to be good. Look at the Philadelphia Eagles. If not, it sets you back. So, to me, this team, their success will depend on 
De'Aaron Fox or the lack thereof. And so I think De'Aaron Fox has a chance to be special. That's another reason why I'm so excited when I say this is the most excited I've been in over 10 years. A large part of that is because of De'Aaron Fox. I think he has a chance to be really, really good in this league. And if he is, you and I will be talking about playoffs in the near future. And if he's not, it's going to be a drought that continues for a long time. And continuing with, with De'Aaron Fox, I mentioned he was one of the guys I made a mental note with about uh, at the beginning of the season. I remember his first NBA start was against John Wall and the Washington Wizards here in Sacramento. It was a matinee mm-hmm. game on a Sunday, and he and the Kings were absolutely embarrassed in that game. Maybe he the worst like, game of the year. Yeah, he looked like he couldn't right. hang with John Wall. It's embarrassing. And it wasn't just defensively. It was offensively as well. He yes. just You could see the stark difference between him and Bogdan Bogdanovich and then even him and Frank Mason, guys that had more of a basketball IQ to run an offense. Uh, But that seems to have changed a lot, especially down the stretch in the fourth quarter towards the end of the season. What growth have you seen from De'Aaron specifically that you've really liked? Uh, Well, first of all, his shot got a lot better, particularly his three-point shot as the season went on. I think he was learning where he can get to on the floor, free up and get his shot. I thought his passing towards the end of the year was his assist-to-turnover ratio on a lot of games was very good. There was just growth. I mean, it's interesting you say that because for the first month of the season, people were saying, myself included, Frank Mason's better than De'Aaron, and he was. And I also said, but he won't be for long, but he is. Nobody at the end of the season was saying Frank Mason was better than De'Aaron. Right. So De'Aaron improved considerably as the season went on. His growth was, um, you know, he was ascending every month, and that's what I like to see. This is a huge summer frame. We're going to find out a lot about his work ethic. We're going to find out how much he loves to be in the gym. We're going to find out, you know, if he is willing to – you know, be the leader of this team from a point guard perspective. We don't know that. We think we know, but we'll find out a lot this summer. Last thing for you, Grant, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, Kings fans this year seemed very divided on losing versus winning, draft lottery balls versus player development. Um, And I always pointed to, I tend to lean on the anti-tanking side, just personally, I think it's bad for the game, but I understand the strategy of losing games to get a a better percentage draft pick. But I pointed to the clutch moments of De'Aaron Fox and Bogdan Bogdanovich, Buddy Heald at times, the young guys pulling wins in and closing out games. The Miami Heat game comes to mind. De'Aaron had a couple at home against, I believe, the Brooklyn Nets, uh, and I can't remember who the other one was. Uh, But those moments, to me, were more important uh, than an extra percentage or two in the the draft lottery. Do you feel the same way? I do, and I also think the fans, they need to look back. Garrett Temple didn't play at the end of the season. Zach Randolph didn't play at the end of the season. Costa Kufas wasn't playing in, in the final month. And so all the young players were getting the minutes, and they were winning. Who's got a problem with that? Yep. Are you going to tell De'Aaron Fox and, and Buddy Heald not to compete? I mean, you know, it's it, it's it's laughable. Hey, would I like a top three pick in the draft? Yeah, well, maybe they will have a top three pick. We have to find out at, at the lottery. I also am one, there's probably not a 19-year-old that's going to come into this team this year and really make that big of a difference anyway. There's no LeBron in this no. year. No. So, I mean, I think people need to put their brakes on a little bit and understand you know, how important it was for these young players to succeed in close games and get that good feeling going in. Yeah, I'd love a a top pick. But, again, I don't see any player in this draft that's going to change the team dramatically. So people just need, I think, to take a step back and analyze everything a little bit differently. Grant, congratulations again on 30 seasons. Hopefully we'll be talking to you later this summer about good stuff as we approach the draft and and summer league. Uh, This is going to be an exciting offseason, to say the least, and uh, I'll be talking to you again. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you, Matt. 
You heard it there. A lot of great stuff. And a thank you again to Grant for uh, taking the time to come here on the Locked On Kings podcast. One of my favorite things that he said is that he personally, and he's been around this team for 30 years, guys, and he personally has not felt better about this team uh, in the past, or in his, at least in recent memory, than he does going into this offseason, which I think is exciting. Grant is absolutely credible uh, in that sense. He always seems to have a good feel about how this team is uh, doing and what is going on. He travels with this team and is around this team about probably more than he's around his own family in reality especially during the uh, the regular season so he has a good gauge on everything going on I promise you we will have him back on at some point this summer to talk about everything uh, that's been going on he's uh, always uh, very kind uh, to spend his time here with us on the podcast but a lot of great things that uh, I'll let you pick apart and and, uh, respond to yourself because I know there are uh, plenty of you out there that may agree or disagree uh, with a lot of what he said but I appreciate it especially him uh, his comments on Jerry were fantastic and uh, everybody loves Jerry it's like I said in that interview if you don't love Jerry something's wrong with you but what he was talking about, about the the development of De'Aaron Fox. I love the focus and uh, intensity that he put on De'Aaron Fox's shoulders. And De'Aaron walks around with not necessarily a swagger isn't the right word, but De'Aaron has the confidence knowing that he trusts his abilities and believes that development uh, is happening, taking place. And he believes that he is getting better and is striving to get better every single day. That's really all you can ask for. Uh, Grant said it best. It really is going to rely on him, at least in the the near future, uh, as of right now, to to start leading this team in the right direction. And, And like I said, him showing up and his development that he made from day one or game one to game 82 and the development that he showed, especially down the stretch, being uh, the guy with the ball in his hands to try and uh, get the clutch bucket, send the game to overtime, or potentially win the game. He relished in that opportunity and succeeded in that opportunity this year, which is a very welcome sign. He and his development, to me, are much more important than lottery balls and, and whatever draft pick the Kings get. But, you know, like Grant said, we would love to get a top three pick, and if the Kings do and they go out and get a star, Luka Doncic, whoever it may be, and that turns out to be the, the, the savior guy, well, then that's just how the the ball bounces. But as of right now, that isn't the case. What we know for sure is De'Aaron Fox is a part of this team. And like Grant said, he is going to be the future star and leader of this team. So all attention and all focus is on him this summer. And I can guarantee you he doesn't care who the Kings bring in. Uh, He's going to enjoy playing with them and try and make or succeed with them. But De'Aaron has the full intentions of being the star and being the guy and being the leader going forward because that's what we expected of him when we first drafted him last summer. Uh, I have something that I wanted to read here. I've been getting a lot of messages, tweets, uh, emails uh, from you guys wanting to to say things and and, uh, share your thoughts about Jerry Reynolds. And we're going to continue this through the next couple of weeks. If you want to keep sending in little messages that you want to send to Jerry or just thank yous or your thoughts on Jerry, do that at MattGeorgeKHDK on Twitter or you can email me mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. I received this email that I want to read out from Tanvir. I believe that's how you pronounce your name, sir. Uh, and he said, quote, I've been a Kings fan since 2000 and have loved Jerry Reynolds' voice. I just would love to shake your hand and say thanks for all the wonderful memories you gave all the Kings fans. I will miss your voice, and I hope one day, whenever the Kings make the playoffs, that they will let you broadcast it because, Jerry, you deserve it. I completely agree with you there, Tanvir. Uh, He absolutely does deserve it. I hope he gets an opportunity to be involved in some way, shape, or form in a broadcast of Kings playoff basketball, and hopefully that is coming sooner rather than later. This 
week concludes the end of the Sacramento Kings season. Next week begins full-on off-season coverage. Again, Charles T. Hamilton and I will be together uh, for most of that week. At least that is the plan going forward. We'd hope you come back and join us for that. Again, be a part of the show. Don't wait for us at MattGeorgeKGK on Twitter. I'm George at SAC Local Media. Send us your questions about the offseason, your takes on everything going on, draft lottery, who you want the Kings to go out and get in free agency, who you want the Kings to try and draft, what improvement you want to see from the players, who you want to see them keep or trade away. All of it is fair game. Be a part of this show this summer. You are just as important as I or Charles am. We will see you next week. I thank you so much for listening. My name is Matt George. This has been the Locked On Kings podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.